At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this week's episode, I talk to street photographer Luca Meola. Luca's work is hyper-realistic, as he likes to call it, and he mainly photographs people in marginalized communities. His recent project, Crackland, won the Projects and Portfolios Award on Urban Photo Awards. We talk about his background in sociology, the reason he chose to photograph the people in Crackland, how he keeps his life balanced as a full-time photographer, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Luca. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity to speak a little bit about myself and my work. So uh, my name is Luca Meola. I am uh, Italian and uh, I am a documentary photographer. Uh, I have uh, a degree in sociology, so I can, can say that uh, the main focus of my work is the human being, especially the human being in a situation of marginality and fragility. When I speak about marginality, I, I intend uh, territorial, but also like uh, when um, the marginality is like a body. So 
for example, if you live in a very complicated territory, but also if you have a marginal body for your sexual inclination, for example. So uh, the issues I deal in my work are related to uh, this marginality, the identity and the resistance of people living in this uh, context. Um, before being a photographer, uh, I define myself like a traveler. And uh, in uh, the last years, I had the opportunity to live uh, as well as in, in my country, Italy, but I live also in Spain, in Bolivia, in Senegal. And uh, since the end of uh, 2014, I live uh, between Italy and Brazil. So uh, my, the most uh, of my documentary work is done in Brazil. Very interesting. Thank you for such a great introduction. It's really cool that you study sociology. Did you study that before you became a photographer or were you already a photographer while you were studying it? Uh, so, no, no, I, I studied sociology before being a photographer. I think I began to be a photographer in 2003 when I had the opportunity to, to go to, to Bolivia and to work there with an NGO. And I worked for, I think, eight years like social researcher and uh, my main work is social researcher and my passion is was photography and then uh, 10 years ago more or less i decided just to be a photographer Ooh, really interesting do you think that studying sociology kind of affected the kind of work that you create as a photographer uh, I, I think uh, also i think what affected me a lot was to work like social researcher so I can say that in my work, I use my cameras, but I also use a recording because uh, I am interested not just in the picture, but also in the history of people. Well, that's really interesting. So you create audio recordings during Of course, of course. It's very important for me because, you know, uh, when I take picture, I am also interested in what people want to say about themselves and also to write the right capture caption I think is very important because in my work when I publish my work I love not just to to show my picture but also to write about the situation about the contest and to tell uh, what people want to say to the world it must be comfortable for many of your models or your, your subjects because they feel heard it's not like you're just photographing them but you actually care about their story and what they have to say of course, generally, when, when I approach my subject, I begin a recording, really. Uh, I begin recording because I want to know who they are. And then I begin to use my camera. I think mm -hmm. recording uh, helps me to understand what I want to represent. Because before, I need to know the other person. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. If you want to know your subject, you have to listen to them first and not just take pictures of them. Yes, yes. Here, you know, a certain person. Cool. What's the most uh, interesting or most impactful story that you've heard from a subject? Uh, I can say a lot, a lot. <laughs> uh, it's very difficult because, for example, in um, in uh, the last day, uh, today, I think we, we can speak about my last project uh, about uh, Crackland. It's a place where people sell and smoke drugs. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this uh, in this neighborhood of Sao Paulo, I collect a lot, a lot of stories. But uh, there is a story that is very strong. Uh, I was there in the street of this place and I met a guy and uh, uh, he said to me, can I have your phone? 
and uh, I give I give him my phone and he show me in my phone his Instagram account. Really, he was an influencer with a lot of followers, but in that day he was smoking crack, you know, because he lost himself since one month in, in this place. So for me, it was very interesting because I can understand uh, that uh, this place is not just black and white, but there are a lot of people with different stories. Wow, that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, because usually people assume that if somebody is in a place like that, then those people come from a certain background or they've always been there, but that's definitely not the case. There are all kinds of people, all kinds of different situations, yeah. Of course, yes, really a lot of people in this place come from this background, but I think it's also interesting to show the reality with complexity, you know, because the reality is, for me is not just black or white. It's, there are a lot of uh, uh, middle term. <laughs> I think our it's very important to, to speak about the variety of the reality. That's right, yeah. And it's a difficult thing to do, but you do it really well. Ah, I, I try, I try. I try to what camera equipment do you use? Okay. Uh, I can say that my favorite camera is a Fujifilm uh, X100 uh, because um, I can say that uh, 90% of my picture in the street, in documentary photography, I use this camera for this, this picture because it's very little. Uh, I have a 35 millimeter fixed lens and I can take picture in every situation with this little camera. Uh, if if I go out from my home without my camera, I felt naked, really. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, for me, this is my best camera. But I use also a Canon with uh, some lenses. Uh, I think it depends from, from the work because I am a documentary photographer, but I am also a commercial photographer. For, so, for example, uh, I do a lot of portrait. And uh, I pref when I do portrait, I prefer to use my Canon with uh, the 50 or the 85 lens fits. So it depends from the work. And in the last year, I bought a little drone because I think it's a good uh, way to have a different perspective in my work of documentary photography. It's great equipment and it's really fun that you have this documentary side of photography and the commercial side and also drone photography probably always keeps you excited, right? Yes, I think oh, I is for me is the only way to survive because it's difficult to survive just with documentary photographer. So I I have this compromise, but for me it's good because uh, I love to take pictures. So also I have a little studio in Italy, I take a lot portrait so i learn every day also doing this commercial work yeah yeah it's amazing yeah it's really important i think for people who are full-time photographers to find like a wise way to make money and also stay true to their passions and yeah it's definitely not the easiest journey but it's worth it if you love what you do oh of course of course i think it's for me of course i i prefer to do my my work but sometimes i spend i don't know uh a lot of months uh, doing the work, doing uh, a documentary work. Then I publish, but I didn't publish always, so I need to to do also commercial work to survive. For me, it's, it's a good compromise, so I can dedicate to my personal work 
without this anxiety. Ah, I need mine. Okay, and I think you know, a lot of photographers can me can understand me. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to this for sure. Congratulations on receiving the Urban 2021 Best Portfolio Award. That's such a huge honor. This was a long-term project that you focused that focused on a sensitive topic, as we discussed earlier. Please tell me a little bit about it and what it means to you. Okay, uh, so uh, I think uh, uh, this project uh, is born from an obsession. I, I had the necessity to speak about, to tell about one of the most extreme plays where I ever, ever set foot. Uh, it was the end of 2014, the first time that I went to the crackland. Uh, I had just moved to Brazil and I had heard from of a neighborhood of Sao Paulo called Crackland because there are a lot of people uh, smoking and selling drugs. So it was the first uh, week that I was in Brazil. I met a guy in the street and this guy took me there. I trusted him and in exchange for a few cigarettes, he led me into the Fluxo. The Fluxo is the Portuguese name of the drug uh, market. It's open hair drug market uh, where there is a concentration of more than a thousand people between traffickers and crack users. Um, the first time I entered in the Fluxo, it was a very strong experience because I, the feeling was to enter in a place half a way between a circle of Dante and the post-apocalypse in at Mad Max, uh, because the consumption of crash of crack uh, affect not just people who consume the crack, but also the buildings of the neighborhood, that, which are destroyed and very decadent. There are also a lot of families living in uh, poverty in these uh, dilapidated houses. And uh, uh, there is a whole system of service that uh, had developed around this flux over the years. So I decided after two years, three years, to begin a project in this, in this place. I began this project in, in uh, 2018. And it was not easy because it's very difficult to take pictures in this place. So I began working with all the organization, all the NGO working in the, in, in the place. And after a few months, I find, I find a good fixer and I begin to enter in the Fluxo and take the first picture. And uh, uh, the goal, the, um, I want to, to speak about the, this place in a different way, because if you text on Google uh, the name Cracolandia in Portuguese or Crackland in English of Sao Paulo, there are a lot of pictures of people smoking crack, but a lot of pictures are done by uh, telelens from far. So I want to do this work with another perspective. I want to go deeper, deeper in this content and to tell more about the histories of people than the crack consumption. So this is the goal of this project that uh, I begin in 2018 and I am uh, working today uh, of this project. Mm. It's wonderful that you decided to approach it in a more humane way, just as a person getting to know these people and not taking photos of them from a distance. Because then yeah. Yeah, your photographs have like personality in them and you feel for the subjects. It's not just observing them. Yes, I think it's very important because, okay, a lot of people in this place smoke crack. But why are they here? 
why are they in this place? Which are these histories? So finally, I, the, uh, the, my perspective, I understand that this place is like a community, okay? Is a lot of black hole in the center of Sao Paulo, where uh, sometimes people go there we are because they have no more, we have, they don't have other chance, they don't have other opportunities. So, for example, a lot of people in uh, this neighborhood are black, a lot of people came from the, uh, from the jail, and sometimes uh, I think they begin smoking crack because they uh, finish in the street, okay? So I think this is more my perspective, uh, speaking about this place. Not just to criminalize them, because a lot of media criminalize this place, but to tell their story. And I think also from this perspective, uh, that they accept that I stay there a lot of day taking picture of them. Mm -hmm. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, definitely not criminalizing a group of people and just showing others that they're also humans and they also have their stories and their own reasons for doing what they do. So, I mean, yeah, that's the power of documentary photography. And it's definitely not easy to do that. Yes, I think you need a lot. You need a, a good fixer, really. But uh, uh, finally, I, I didn't pay fixer. I, I work with this organization and finally I find people that I very recognize in this place and uh, I can go with them every day. So the more difficult things, in, sometimes not, it's not just to take a picture, but it's to enter in this place and to feel very comfortable to take a picture. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if somebody is in a place like that with a camera, then a lot of people can feel threatened and they may feel like, you know, again, there's somebody else trying to criminalize them. So you have of to course. be careful. And I, I think I did like a little deal because there are people who control this neighborhood. There are traffickers, there are people of, uh, you know, Brazilian mafia. So I did a little deal with them. I don't want to take picture of the traffic. I don't want to take people of the money. There, are, there is a lot of money. There are a lot of people selling drugs. I, my deal is to take picture of the people, okay? So I think uh, for this reason, with the deal, I, I can work without problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you built mutual trust. Yeah, you yes. showed that you just wanted to tell their stories. Yeah, yeah, it's very wise. I'm sure that kept you out of a lot of dangerous situations. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult because there is, uh, you know, there is the in this place. There is in the center. There is this open market. There is uh, there are people uh, smoking, selling drugs. There is all this community, but also there is around the, the place. There is the police, and there are a lot. Uh, of moments of confrontation between police, there are bombs, there are people uh, with guns, so it's, it's a complicated uh, place, really complicated. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. 
I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. You have worked on many long-term photography projects, and I'm curious to know, when do you decide that a project is complete, and do you just give yourself a deadline for it, or do you just feel it? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, really, it's not so easy, this question, because uh, I, I can answer it depends, because there are commissioned works, uh, and you have limited resources, and so you, you have to decide a beginning and an end. For example, this summer I, I was uh, I, I went to Albany, Albany to do a work about uh, the immigration from uh, Albany to Italy, and uh, I have uh, is um, a commissioned work from NGO, and I work uh, there ten days. Okay, so I know that in ten days I have to tell uh, about three story of three families. So as a beginning and, and, and end this project, okay, because also it's a commission at work. But in the case of my long project, it's very difficult because uh, I, I am very lucky because I live in Brazil, okay. I spend a lot of time in Brazil. So, for example, Crackland, this neighborhood, is far 15 minutes by bicycle from my home in Sao Paulo. So, for me, it's very easy when I stay in Sao Paulo to go every day to this place. Uh, so I think it's more like a feeling. Um, I think now I am at the end of this project um, because I want also to, to dedicate myself to other projects. And uh, uh, at the end of this year, in October, I will do a very big exp exposition about this project because I have, uh, again, another award about, and they pay me a big exposition. So I think this year, I want just to finish a little bit. I want to tell a little more, more stories about this neighborhood, but then I can say this finished. Sometimes you finish a project when you publish and when you do a book and when you do an exposition. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And I wish you the very best with the exposition and congratulations on winning another award. It must oh. be very encouraging for you to, to get recognition for your work. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's difficult because, uh, you know, okay, you, you say that, uh, okay, I was award for the first portfolio in, uh, in the urban, but, uh, you know, a lot of years sending pictures and uh, people say, no, no, no. So <laughs> it's a long, <laughs> uh, there are more the open that are closed than, open, than the doors that are then, uh, open for yourself. You know how is the world of photography. Oh, yes, yes. And it's good to know that. And thank you for sharing them, because when you do reach a certain level of success, people tend to think, oh, you know, they've always been successful. That's not true. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. And, you know, my, okay, you can see my, my picture of Kraftland. Uh, of course, you, you can say, ah, it's a strong work, but it's a work of few years. And I want to show my, these are the, my best picture. I have also my bad picture, okay? <laughs> so, everyone. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. It's always good to remember that everybody takes bad pictures. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. And it's very important to, 
to take a lot of bad picture if you want to do to have best picture, of course. Perfect. Good picture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your images have a surreal and authentic feeling to them. What advice would you give to someone who wants to take honest and meaningful photos of the world around them? So, uh, I think, uh, speaking uh, about, uh, I think the greatest talent, and uh, not just in photography, in, uh, in the life, is determination. So, in, in my case, my greatest motivation is, is to be able to live doing what I love, that is taking pictures. But it's not so easy. So you have to insist, 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 insist. Uh, I think if I have the chance to, to give advice to a new photographer, I think these are the same ones that I give every day to myself. For example, I think it's very important to feed daily, uh, daily on photography, art, cinema, literature, and whatever is a stimulus. Because if you want to build your own style, I think it's very important to understand how other people in other arts uh, tell stories. Okay, today is very uh, common. A lot of photographers define themselves as storytellers. Okay, but uh, I think it's important because if you want to tell a story, you need to understand how to do this and how other people do this. So, for example, I study everyday photography, but not just only contemporary photography. I love photography. I love to discover other photographers from the past or, for example, from the other cultures. This is very, very important because, uh, for example, when in, in these years in Brazil, I discovered a lot of very good Brazilian photographers. So every place has a typical way of taking pictures. Okay, this is, for me, is very important. And uh, I think it's very important to search for stories that, that are very new, okay? Because I think in the world there are very, very strong stories. It's, you have to find them, and uh, it's important that you uh, you tell them with your, you build your own style. But maybe building your style, you can do this just with a lot of practice, a, a lot of years taking pictures. And uh, another thing that is very important, but it's not just in photography, it's in the life in general, is uh, leave your comfort zone. Because uh, every time that I leave my comfort zone, uh, it's a risk of yourself, it's tiring, it's tiring, but it's the only form of pro producing something valuable. For example, for me, uh, doing this project in Crackland is going out from my comfort zone because every day that I went there I feel fear I don't feel so comfortable but for me it's very important because for me it was more important than necess my necessity of telling this story that my my feelings mm -hmm. it's all wonderful advice and I love what you said about consuming different kinds of art and understanding how other people tell stories that's definitely important in general and I think just getting inspiration from other people is relaxing, right? It's just to see other people creating art can be therapeutic in a way. Of course, of course. And uh, I think uh, you can uh, be influenced from uh, a paint, you can be influenced for a book or for a movie or for a travel. So 
we have uh, and with internet we have a lot of, of possibility to study the other form of arts and the other form of culture this is very very important i think for us exactly yes and what you said about leaving your comfort zone that's definitely not easy as you said but it's very important for sure <laughs> of course <laughs> You describe your work as hyper-realistic, and I can sense that when I look at your pictures. Your images have a very distinct style, and we've talked about style already, but if there's an aspiring photographer who's listening to this interview, and especially if they're a documentary photographer, how can they develop their own style? Uh, I, I, I don't think there is a, a recipe about them. Um, for example, uh, I think my hyper-realistic style, because... Uh, it's like I want to go deeper in the reality. Uh, I can define myself a concept of photographer because I think in my picture you can. I, I want that you can feel, you can see the body, the the sound of the reality. So I go very close to the situation. I I think that for this thing my my picture are hyper realistic, and uh, I think that my style. Again, when I, in 2014, at the end of 2014, I began to live in Sao Paulo because it was a city really different from uh, Italy. So it was so strong. So my, my first project in Sao Paulo uh, was a project of uh, street photographer. And uh, I stay every day in the street, taking picture, taking picture. And uh, sometimes I think, you know, if you're a street photographer, sometimes it's very frustrated because you can spend a whole day hunting images and uh, you come on without nothing. Mm. So it takes a lot of constancy. But uh, for me, this first project was very important to develop my, my own style because uh, uh, I can found in the street of Sao Paulo that is place so different from Italy, this so extreme uh situation of the street mm -hmm. yes so yeah you just have to be persistent if you want to develop a style and you have to be okay with taking bad pictures as we mentioned earlier of course in street photography you take a lot of bad pictures you spend a lot of day uh, taking picture taking picture taking picture and sometimes you take a very good one because uh, okay you are lucky and uh, you can uh, see the situation before that it happens, there is a good light. But I think it's very good exercise. For me, what it, it was very good exercise because I didn't speak well Portuguese. I didn't have uh, a project in my mind. So the first, this first project, it was uh, spending all the day in the street taking pictures. That is, was very beautiful because I feel very free to do this, you know. Because also I need to spend my time doing something, no? But it was very, very interesting for me doing this picture. And sometimes uh, I, I would like to go to another city, uh, living there for one month, two months, and doing the, the same thing. I think it's a very good practice to develop your, your own style and also to feel the city and feel the place. Yes, yeah, it's perfect for someone like you who likes traveling and taking photos. I mean, you get to see new places and understand their culture or the way that they look at life and also take photographs of everything in the process. Yeah, it sounds very inspiring. Is there a yeah, specific yeah. experience that completely changed the way you look at photography? Okay, I think, as I said before, 
what makes you grow the most is related to getting off your own comfort zone. In the last years, there are two things that changed me a lot deeply. The first, when uh, I decided about 11 years ago to dedicate myself exclusively to photography. Because with the decision, I focus only what, what I want to do. And also when I decided to move to Brazil and dedicate myself mainly to my project. Because before moving to Brazil, I do more uh, commercial photography. I work more like wedding photographer. But I decided to go to another place, another different country, another different continent, and focus more on my project. And um, there is also a story that I want to tell that for me changed a lot my way of see photography. Uh, it was 2012 and uh, I was working on a documentary project on uh, transsexual in Naples, in Italy. In this year, I was still shooting film. And uh, one night I was doing this project about these people. And one night I met uh, Simona, the name of transsexual woman. She was, I think, uh, 35 years old. And uh, she agreed to spend uh, some nights with me speaking and uh, I had the possibility of taking pictures of her. So uh, for some days uh, we, we met at uh, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning because before she, uh, she prostituted herself and we spent a uh, few hours in her car speaking and I take pictures of her. Okay. She said that I can take a picture of her, but later I have to send all these pictures. So uh, when I finished these days taking pictures, I came back to Italy, to, sorry, to, to Milan, to, to my place, and I developed this film, I scanned it, and I print this picture. Some of this, really, I love some of this picture because uh, this picture represents a lot the way that I saw her because uh, what I saw in this person was a, a great suffering, okay? Then I sent this picture to Simona and uh, a few days later, I called her by phone and uh, she told me that uh, she had cried for two days because of this picture, because uh, she saw her in this picture like a monster, okay? So, for me, this uh, episode was very, very strong because she felt very hard from my picture. So, today, uh, I have not a solution about this. Uh, when uh, um, I think it's very difficult to find a good balance between your art, your freedom of expressing yourself, and the dignity of the other person, you know? I think about this story, I have no a solution, but I have a very, very big question in my mind. And I always, this big question when I approach a new story, when I, I approach a new person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting and eye-opening story. And yes, as photographers, it's definitely difficult to balance that, seeing like the way you see a person or the way that they see themselves and how you document that and being respectful. It's a lot to handle, especially as a documentary photographer. Of course. 
Thank you. No, I am very happy to, to, because really I, I, I felt very, very bad after because uh, she trusts me and I was very ethic, I think, because really I, I shoot what I saw. Okay. Um, maybe if I was shooting digital and in, I retouched the, the, the picture in Photoshop, what different to her. But what I was uh, doing was my point of view. My, my point of, uh, yes, my perspective about her. So, but this story for me was very, very strong, very important to, to speak because it's very important to think about the subject when you, when, when, when you tell the story. Yes, exactly. It's very important to do that for sure. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. I mean, you, you felt bad after that experience, yet you shared that nonetheless. And it's not easy to do that because then, you know, sharing that with people because especially like something that you perceive as a failure or something that was a huge turning point for you as a photographer. It's uh, yeah, it's a brave thing to do. I appreciate your courage. Yeah, because I think I always, I, I tend always to put myself in the situation of them. For example, if my mom, my brother, she has problem with drugs. Okay. And there is photographer coming to my house, taking picture of her. It's not so easy, you know? So I think uh, sometimes photographers are very, because they want to do the strong picture, they want to, to have the big award, so sometimes they don't respect the subject, and I think it's not very ethical. That's right, yeah, it's definitely not ethical, yeah. Yeah, these are all very important things to keep in mind. I have one more question for you, and mm -hmm. that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Okay. I think photography, my photography or photography in general, has an high political goal. Of course, I, I don't believe that I can change the world with my image and why my picture. But uh, I think uh, I can, I want to, with uh, a work in deep, uh, add to illuminate certain things, certain situations in certain worlds. Uh, I would like publish my work to help to see this marginal world with a different perspective. I think for me, this is the more important thing. This is the more important um, goal, more than any hour or recognition. And uh, if I think to the, to my goal of uh, every day, I'm very excited because uh, in February, I will print my first photo book uh i the name of uh, this photo book will be uh, salvage pedra it's a portuguese name and um in the english name is concrete jungle is uh, a book about uh, sao paulo the city of sao paulo and uh, it's a collection of uh, four very big uh, project that i did in this city in the last year so there is a project uh, Crackland is one of these projects. The, there is the first project I did in the street of Sao Paulo. There is the, the second chapter is a project about uh, an indigenous land in the center of the city. And there is the last project, the, the last chapter of this book will be a work on a favela, on a, a very marginal neighborhood of, in the city of Sao Paulo, where I try to understand the impact of the pandemic 
in this uh, uh, marginal place. So this book will be printed in February and uh, I am very happy because uh, uh, I've seen this book express uh, seven years of work and my perspective about uh, uh, Sao Paulo and uh, my perspective about uh, the Brazilian society of uh, today. Well, seven years of hard work. You should be so proud of yourself. Very <laughs> excited for you. And I look forward to seeing that book. And that's such a great answer. It's wonderful that you want to help people through your photography. And, you know, awards are nice and being acknowledged and you know, recognized as a photographer is lovely. But at the end of the day, as you said, what matters is being able to help people, especially those who maybe aren't getting enough attention from the media and uh, just need more help in general. So I appreciate what you're doing as a photographer. And thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing your story with me and the listeners. And I wish you all the very, very best with your journey as a documentary photographer. Oh, thank you so much. It was a big pleasure to, to speak with you. And uh, I hope that uh, we have the chance to meet. <laughs> not, I hope so too. Yes, would be yes, nice to collaborate. Yes, not, not, not only by Skype, but in, in, in person. You are in October. I will do this uh, I think September, October, I will do this, this exposition about Crackland in Italy. So you are invited to come and uh, so we can meet. Thank you so much. I will try to. Okay. Italy in October. It will be a big <laughs> pleasure. So Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. Luca is such a great visual storyteller. I learned so much about street photography thanks to him, and I hope that you did too. If you're interested in this genre, you should definitely pursue it. And no matter where you live, I'm sure there's an incredible story that you can tell through your work about that place. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.